1: I'm Mark Porras and this is Straight Talk. Now, the fitness industry is a tricky business. It's challenging to crack and very few people rise to the top. And even then, maintaining that position is a whole other level of difficulty, which is why it's so fascinating when someone like Michelle Bridges manages to carve out a huge career, stay there and continue to expand her reach and impact. From the moment she left her childhood home in Newcastle, packed up her life and drove across Sydney's Harbour Bridge in search for something bigger, Michelle's career is the definition of someone who is incredibly driven. So when Michelle experienced what she described as one of her darkest moments last year, it took many people by surprise. A public messy split with her son's father and a DUI charge, that's drink driving charge, shook the foundations of Michelle's career and challenged her in ways she's never been challenged before. And to be frank with you, that's not an easy thing to do or nor is an easy thing to bounce back from. Not many people would publicly survive it, but Michelle did. In fact, one year on, I think it strengthened her in ways that aren't even fully realised yet. Michelle is incredibly honest in her chat with me today. And despite doing this over a Zoom call, I got the strong sense that she carries herself differently. Indeed, I think she carries herself more proudly. It's time for No Bullshit with Michelle Bridges. Michelle, welcome to an episode of Straight Talk.
0: Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me.
1: We should call this a fireside chat because you got the fire going on the back there. Where are you? Where, where are you, situ- or do you Do you mind? telling me. No, do
0: I know? don't. Let's I don't, don't mind. Calls. I feel very blessed, actually, um, because I know, you know, obviously what's going on in Australia, almost all over Australia, but where I live, I'm not under lockdown restrictions. So I'm actually at the snow.
1: Wow, cool. But you used to live uh, in that other area where I used to see down in woolies every now and then. Yeah, yeah, around the
0: around um, Potts Point area.
1: Potts Point, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: for, for many years and loved it. Um, but I I moved out to the country about a year and a half ago. Um, and it's been wonderful. I mean it's it's a it's a effort. You've got to really plan your life because I have a business that is in Sydney or I have several businesses that are all in Sydney. So there's a lot of toing and froing um, and my son goes to school where we live so I, I've really got to – it's a balancing act because I don't have any family near where I live um, and it's just me but it's what I wanted to do and so I may, have made the effort to kind of make that happen and live that life the life that I wanted whilst also well, look, running you look, businesses.
1: You look good. You look fresh. You look um, yeah, you look really fresh. Well, so that's because
0: I had a choice. I had a choice this morning to zhuzh myself up for you or go for a ski. So I went for the second. You got me still in my bibs <laughs> <laughs> and a slick back. <laughs> How was it? Oh, mate, I, I, it's, it's good snow. So I don't want to say too much for all those skiers out there that are probably wanting to throw things at the computer screen right now. Um, but, yeah, it's good. Well,
1: you got ahead of the curve. So I think last time we spoke was about 2018 or something like that. Um,
0: yes, I remember. I came your into podcast. your office or came into the studio. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That was a long time ago. We don't
1: do studios anymore, though I'm in the studio at the moment, but can't ask people in. Uh, and I saw that you were um, on the Celebrity Apprentice this year, which I didn't watch too much of it. I, I, fo- I follow you, so I saw some of the things you were saying um, in relation to your experience <laughs> there. How was it?
0: Oh, I was awesome. It was a lot of fun. It was yeah. a lot of work, big hours, but that's TV. Um, and yeah. because, you know, you, there's so much filming that goes on and you only see, like, this much on television. Um, but nonetheless, it was as tough as it was because I was going back and forth from where I live into Sydney to make sure I was with my son at, a lot um, but also do all the hours that was required. Uh, I met so many great people. A lot of the crew I knew from years past and so it was really nice to sort of be amongst them again and, and meeting some new people and some people that I already knew that were the cast members um, and I've still got some very good friendships that came out of that. Myself and Anthony Clear, love that guy. so fun. And Camilla as well, whom I knew before uh, going on the show.
1: Yeah, Camilla's cool. I, I know uh, Camilla's, uh, I knew her whole family. I, I certainly know her, her mum still. I haven't seen her for a while, but, uh, and I, I knew her dad. Um, and I knew Camilla when she was a kid. I knew Camilla when she was a little girl, like when she was a bit like a teenager sort of thing. And uh, um, I remember once, uh, I got uh, her parents um, put her on a party. I don't know it was New Year's Eve or something like that. Anyway, it was a fancy dress. I fucking hate fancy dress. Anyway, it was a fancy dress thing, and you had to turn up. I can't remember what I turned up as. I got no idea, but I wouldn't have put too much effort into it. I was married at the time, and I remember um, I left all my boys at home. We we're living in Vaucluse at the time in the house, and uh, I left all my boys at at home in the care of a, a nanny we hired for the night. We had a two story house, and all the boys used to live upstairs. They you know, lived in. One huge room upstairs. That was their bedroom, I should say. Anyway, it about a quarter eleven, a quarter to twelve at night, just before it was New Year's Eve. So it was just before the New Year's Eve. You know, the everyone jumps around and carries on. I get a phone call from the nanny, and she says, um, "You better come home straight away." Um, and I said, "Why?" And she, I was only like five minutes away, and she said, uh, "Because uh, I'm leaving." And I said, "Like you know, you your booked till two or three o'clock in the morning." She said, "I'm I'm leaving. I'm out of here." And uh, I, I got home and as I was got there, I, I, I said, what's the problem? She was sitting in the lounge room, which is direct, which is on the ground floor, directly below the boy's bedroom, which is on the floor above her. And uh, they got one of the mattresses, the single mattresses, and they put it out over the balcony and they pushed it through it over the balcony and it crashed right next to where she was sitting and she got such a fright, she said, I'm fucking out of here. So <laughs> I'll never forget that. My, my four sons... One of them had his own bedroom. The other three, the younger ones, had all one room. And they were as wild as you could oh
0: imagine. Oh, boys. Yeah. My God. Yeah,
1: it was a shocker. i never forget that day. And, and it was I was at Camilla's uh, parents' place. Camilla was there. And I, at that time she was going out with some guy f- who played rugby for East at the time. And, uh, yeah, I remember she was always a talented young girl. She's fantastic.
0: Good fun. Good She's- fun. And it was, <laughs> you know, it was a bit of a pressure cooker, as you would know, it's a pressure cooker situation. Like they they it's designed to trip you up. They design it so that you. there's too many balls in the air and there's a lot of little idiosyncrasies and nuances that you might miss in the dossier which is like this thick to tell you what's going on even though you don't really know what's going on and then you're working with a bunch of people you've never worked with before and everybody's a visionary and everybody's a business owner and everybody's an entrepreneur and everybody's got the big ideas and you put them all together in a pressure cooker situation and it's, it's whoo.
1: <laughs> is there one thing you learn about yourself?
0: Definitely. I came out of that, I gave myself a pat on the back. I was burning dirty that I got booted off, but I realised that there's a little bit of gameplay and a little bit of, um, you know, snuggling up to people and making some...
1: It's television.
0: It is television. But what I did come out of it, I thought, far out. I can handle a lot at once. And I'd never really sort of stepped back to sort of see that um, because it was just so intense and, and the microscope was so sharp uh, because there was this much time and that much to do. I just realised very quickly that I can do a lot in a very small amount of time and and um, and handle it, and I was pretty proud of myself for that.
1: Well, you're a single mum juggling a whole lot of things, um, and uh, I, I guess, I mean, someone like you, you're a business person, but you're a parent as well, and, you know, you're maybe a sister or a daughter or, you know, you're definitely a friend of other people. You've got other obligations and or um, interactions. Um so it doesn't doesn't surprise me that you are prioritizing and or surviving. Um, that show came on at a time last that that show came at a time was filmed at a time when you know it was that was a tough period last year, twenty twenty. Um, you were going through a whole lot of other shit too, like as I recall. Um, so you were in real life actually juggling a whole lot of stuff as well as on the TV show.
0: It's oh man, I, Mark! I, it was a military. It was a three month military operation just to get me on set. Like what happened before that, just to get me there, is crazy because I, I i didn't want any I didn't want any turmoil or upset for my son. I wanted everything for him to be like clockwork because, as you would know, consistency is king when it comes to children' habits, routines, and rituals. It's the same for business. It's the same for fitness. Definitely the same for children. So I want. I didn't want him to have and any kind of extra turmoil in his life. He had his school, he had his home, he had his habits and routines. So, and, and here I am having to go to Sydney, you know, one and a half hours away from where we live and be on a show that required big hours. So I got my, um, my a lady that used to live in the same street in Potts Point, she used to babysit for me since Axel was four months old. She's in, she's like 69, I know she was 70 actually. And um, I said to her, will you come and live with me? She goes, really? And I said, yeah, have a think about it. You, But she said, I'll do it. So I said, well, you need to drive. She, I said, can you drive? And she said, I can drive, but I haven't driven for 10 years. I'm like, that's okay, we'll deal with that. So I hired her a car. I got her down. I hired her a car. I got her behind the wheel, got her confidence up, got her driving him to school because it's like a 20-minute drive on a highway and country roads. Got her doing that, like organised him with her, um, did all the other things that I needed to organise Uh, And then by the time it was for me to go, she was in the house and driving him to school. And she said, thank you so much. You've given me my confidence back. I I never thought I would drive again. And now here I am. So, yeah, she was driving a big Toyota Kluger. (laughs) And then she would come in. I'd go home and then she'd come with me into town and we had an apartment in town. And she'd stay in town with him because he was only three days at school that time at that time. So I was having more time with him. So his life stayed the same and I was in it a lot so I didn't just disappear so all of this had to happen for me to be on the show and that's
1: that's a pretty good sort of um pretty good proxy for the way generally speaking way people should conduct business because at the end of the day what you were doing in the celebrity apprentice wasn't some sort of Weird frolic of your own, where you're just sort of, you know, going in there to have a bit of fun. I mean, that was that's that. There's business reasons why, why people do the celebrity apprentice a lot of the times, um, and you've got to look after everybody when you're in business. Whether you're doing the celebrity apprentice, where you just run a shop, a cafe, it doesn't matter, or you're just affected by COVID and you have to go somewhere else to, to do whatever it is you're doing, um, or you, or even if you've got to stay home and run your business from home you got to plan for all those other things around you and work out what's important how to prioritise these things. So that's a pretty good example of because people wouldn't look at Michelle Bridges and go, oh, wow, she you know she has to look after a kid and plan for those sorts of things ring up a 70-year-old friend to come down and organise a clue, get to drop him to school.
0: I, I was also still be? running my businesses at the same time um, and I've got a great team and I've got a great management Group, uh, but I still have to be there. I still have to be under the hood and making sure that I'm, you know, across what's going on. So there was all of that going on in the background as well. As even though they just said, "Miss, just go and do the show. We got it. It's okay." Um, so I felt confident with that. But you know, it's it's true. Like even with um, my twelve week body transformation business, we had decided. Um, oh, I'd been thinking about moving the office for probably six months. I knew it needed to happen. We needed to move spaces because the space that we had was just um, too big for us. We just didn't need it. And it was a cost that I could reduce within the business. We still need an office. It's important for my team to come together and, and be together at times during the week. But we can also do this work from home. So anyway, we we I finally sort of got up the gumption to move a seven-year-old office that's been there for seven years. You can only imagine how much stuff we had. It was a massive undertaking to do the move, plus still run the business um, and and have it all operating smoothly. We got it done and we moved out of our office and home while I negotiate the new office. I just said, everybody go home, let's catch our breath, you work from home, I'll negotiate the new office and then we'll go there. Now, we moved out of the office on the Friday. And on the Saturday, Sydney went into lockdown. I was like, someone was looking out for me. So we're still at home working from home. We had pre prepared that three months earlier. So everybody just hit the ground running when they got there. And it was just a stroke of luck that we it, it just happened that way. I mean, obviously, there's no luck in going into a lockdown, but just the way that it rolled out. So everybody's obviously still working from home now. And who knows how long that's going to be for. So I got yeah right. the, the last day of the office. Every, everyone was already working from home by Thursday. The Friday was the last of the removalists. And then Saturday, um, Sydney went into lockdown.
1: So many years ago I read a book. Well, I was actually given the book. I, I went for, like I was really pretty young. I was in my like thirties or something like that, And I had to go for an insurance stress test, you know, where they put you on the running machine and they hook you up with these things. And, um, and uh, you know, I got through it, no dramas, etc. And anyway, the, I was talking to the dude there who was a, like a heart specialist or something like that, and he said to me, I said like, wait, like why are you why do you call these things stress? He said we're stressing the heart. He said, because uh, I thought it was meant meant uh, as a test about how stressed out you are. You know, that's because I was only young. And uh, and he said to me, well, that's not what this is about. This is about stressing your heart and see how your heart responds. But he did say then he did start to talk to me about. The effect of stress on our on on us, and he gave me this book to read, or he referred me to this book. And I read the book. I don't remember the name, and I don't remember the author. But in this particular book, um, they sc- give you a point score. They get there's a point scoring system, and it's like up to eleven and a half. Um, and there's a half point here or a point there. And they give various thing. They tell you various things in your life that can occur, and they attribute points to those. And if you get to 11 I think it was, um, then the outcome is that you would expect within the 12 months following that period a physical trauma of some type. So you might have a heart attack, um, you know, you might have a physical breakdown, whatever, some sort of physical trauma. It could be a back injury or something like that. And they had done a lot of studies on this and saying that, and some of the things that they talked about, for example, when you just mentioned them, one was uh, changing jobs, um, and there was like two points associated with that: getting married. It doesn't have to be bad stress. Yeah,
0: moving house, moving office,
1: moving house, having a child, or a, a new a divorce, um, starting a new job, and uh, you know, like I guess COVID wasn't around in those days. But you know, putting up with COVID probably global probably pandemic probably is about <laughs> global pandemic probably should be five. So, but when I think about what's happened in your life in the last twelve months, you've had the 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 breakup.
0: Oh man, I've had everything. My girlfriend, my go- one of my girlfriends, right? She's like, "Oh Mishy, you've had a pretty you've had such a tough year. You've had everything that you could have a possibly, you know, all those big moments in your life, you've had them all happen in the same almost yeah. at the same time simultaneously." And another one of our friends, this is before we had to not be that's this is before we could come together. Um She's like, oh, I don't feel like I want to come to the barbecue this afternoon because I'm feeling not good about the fact that I've put on COVID weight. Da, 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 da. And um, my girlfriend Louise goes, oh, don't worry. Like Michelle's coming and her life is shit right now. So, you know, it can't be any worse <laughs> I said, thanks, Lou. Well, but how, do, but
1: how is it that you, but like, you don't only look to me like someone who's. You, you look like you're, you're glowing. You look like to me you're actually um, thriving. To me, I don't know. Maybe you're a fucking great actress, and I don't know. The deal is, but like, you, you look really good. And I, I if I, 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 I don't know. Maybe Michelle Bridges can debunk the theory that I read um, 30 years ago. But you look really good. So, but what's your secret? What do you do? Like, how do you deal with this shit? I mean, like, uh, what, what do you? Is it training? Is it food? Or is it a combination of everything? Or is it you have got a? Is it your? relationship with your little boy. I mean, how old is he now, by the way? I remember, I don't know, maybe it's 10 years ago I saw him. I don't know. How old is he now? Uh,
0: he's five and a half. So oh, he no, was I about years, two yeah. and a half, I think, or two when we, in 2018,
1: yeah. Yeah, okay. So, okay. But I, I remember see, seeing you guys in Woolies or something like, down like the that.
0: the street,
1: um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, walking up and down McClay Street, some of like that. Uh, but, like, what are the elements that Michelle Bridges – Consciously looks at do you meditate? I mean, what are the things you do? What do you do? What do you tip? What would you tip to other business people? I do
0: meditate, but like I'm I'm no guru at it and I'm pretty shit at it sometimes because my mind wanders. It's like my mind is like herding cats, you know, you just get on track and then you go again. Um, so I use an app sometimes to help me with that. And like I think my exercise is probably my time where I have a form of meditation, I suppose. Yeah. But really in those dark times and they were dark, Mark, like Fuck. <laughs> it was I can imagine. it was pretty shit. Um and it just kept getting shitter. Uh I really needed my my family and I really needed my friends and I reached out because I'm the I'm My friends know what I'm like, too, because they're like when stuff goes down for me or things get tough, I sometimes isolate myself. I tend to do that. Um, And they all know that about me. And they're like, we're not letting you go on this one, girl. You're staying with us. And they just kept throwing that lifeline out to me all the time. And the other thing that I realized, too, I suppose, when it was really I felt so just in a fog is that for the first time in my life, I'm going to be, allow myself to be completely vulnerable and take in the support and the overwhelming support that came to me. And it was beautiful. It was like, without sounding like all spiritual, it was actually eye-wateringly beautiful. Like it made me cry just how much people want to open themselves up to you and give themselves to you to help you when they see that you're down. and it's okay to let them in. That was a big thing for me,
1: a big thing. Is that something you would not normally do?
0: No. I mean, I'm a very personable person and I'm friendly and I'm, you know, I'm upright and I, you know, rally the troops, that's what I'm good at. The camaraderie of sport, of in training, of business. But I guess there is a part of me that keeps it very, very shut down, very closed. And I, I mean, I am, hey, I am no the therapist, but I am pretty sure that probably goes back to childhood. Um, it's like the same for all of us, right? We've all got those little things that we do, and I and I think it's important to acknowledge it, recognize it, accept it. That's part of me. It's part of you. Whatever your thing is, um, but it's 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 nice to kind of be able to dial it down and and be vulnerable. And that's probably not something that I've often done in my life.
1: Well, there are people right now, as you would well appreciate, who are struggling with a whole lockdown, blah, 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 the whole thing. And um and as you know, when, when these things happen, you run out of money, then all of a sudden everything else becomes an issue too. Um relationships can become an issue. Your relationship with your children become an issue. Um, your staff. Um, you, your relationship with yourself. You start to doubt yourself and or blame yourself and or um, I don't know. You feel like you've lost something. Um, and the, and those people who are listening to this and maybe they could get something out of what Michelle just said. What would you say to them though right now, Michelle? What would you say to these people? Would you say let's get angry and go right and go up and down the street and protest or would you say take a breath and or um start exercising build your own re- regime and routine and stop worrying about what everyone else is talking about what what would you say to those people who are out there suffering right now
0: uh look i i this is the thing you know like when this these kinds of things go down i mean we don't often have a global pandemic but when you know something big in the world happens I feel like everybody becomes the next big self help guru and they all get online, at them, you know, because that's where we are. We're in the world of social media. Everybody gets online and starts sprouting, you know, all the good things that they should be doing to look after themselves. And it's love. What part of me goes, that's great. And I should probably be doing part of that because that's what I do. But another part of me thinks, fuck that. Like, who am I to tell someone how to, you know, dust themselves off when they've just lost their job and they're fighting with their partner and their kids are going am- running amok and they're trying to ho- homeschool. Like who might have sit here and go, oh, let me just tell you how to live your life and make it better. Like, do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I do, I do know what you mean, but Michelle Bridges, please listen to me for a second. one, one second. I'm, I am seeing you too, so I can give you this one, i say this one thing, one observation. You are an influential person and people do look to you. And by the way, you have that status. And I'm not saying it's an obligation, but you do have the say. And I actually think people would love to hear what Michelle Bridges has experienced, as opposed to saying, "Do this and do that." I agree with that. Don't. I, agree I think with it there, gets you know, a bit suspense.
0: overwhelming and it gets a bit claustrophobic. There's all these people coming in to try and tell you, you know, drink more water, do more exercise, uh, you know, um, meditate, sleep better get your habits and routines in order and all of these things I completely believe in and I say myself but I think when someone's sitting at home and they can't go out and they've maybe lost their job and they're wondering how they're going to pay the bills and the mortgage and you know it's hard it's almost is it I don't know what the word is but it's um it's almost insulting. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's it's hard to explain. So I, I tread very carefully because I think I don't want to be sounding like I'm, you know, shouting out to people how you're supposed to live your life. But at the same time, I still want to be able to offer support and encouragement as well. I think it's a, it's a delicate dance in a way. Yeah, I agree with that.
1: And that's quite an interesting perspective to take because Equally, people could, also, people could also sit back and say, oh, well, it's all right for you to say. You know, they, they could be saying to me, Boris, it's all right for you. You live in your you know, big fancy house or whatever. And they might say, Michelle, you know it's all right for you. But at the same time, um, there may well be something that you are experiencing or have experienced in your, experienced in your life that might just help one person. Yeah, I get that. Because to me, I don't really care about the others. I don't care about the people who don't need my help. I, I really don't care. Um, but if there's just one person out there who could get one thing that might save them from doing something dramatic and or, you know, desperate um, or if there's just one person who could be a shine a light on one thing that we could think about doing. So let me just ask you this. When you said it's your friends and family, what are we talking about now? Like uh, in relation to family, I get to who your friends might be, but like your family. It's it's all bad. Yeah, bad. look, my mom. Oh, I sister, reached out.
0: Know? I would reach out to my mom. Although my mom is seventy-five, and you know, as a a mom at that age and of that era, she just wants me to be happy. She just wants the best for me, and you know, it's with my conversations with her are uh, uh, on a certain level. Uh, it's a little bit surface, sometimes we go deep, but mostly it's just, she just wants me to be happy and it's, and it's lovely. So I would speak to her fairly regularly. Then I have a cousin who is like the best family I could ever have. I don't have a lot of family, but my God, I struck gold with her. And she is a true sounding board and she's so pragmatic and she's so like, okay, let's make it happen. Let's go, right, what's the problem? Let's find the solution. I love her bits. She's just like a mum in a way. Um, But yeah, so I really reached out to her. And I also have um, probably, well, it's without question, two of my best friends, uh, a male, and a female and those two were there for me through thick and thin and I would literally reach out and talk to them about anything and everything and they would offer me advice or they would just listen um and we still do that even now I've got to admit like I ring them because I don't have a sounding board I don't have a partner that I can bounce things off you know that's what you do when you're in a partnership right and so I ring them and like, I'll say, what do you think about this? Should I do this? Am I overthinking it? Like da da, da 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 So they go, yeah, you're overthinking it. Like, shut up, just get on with it. Or they'll go, okay, that's an interesting concept. What about this? So I roll stuff around with them a lot and I do that because I also feel like I lost a lot of confidence last year, a huge amount, in myself, in my capabilities, in my capacity, Um, and uh, a lot of self-doubt started creeping in. Um, I'm being completely honest right now. So that that hit me very hard because I started questioning whether I was making good choices or whether I was in a good headspace to make mature and wise choices. Um, And when you start doing that inside yourself, it's a little bit of a slippery pole. So that's when those people for me were like lighthouses. They were like my rocks and I could reach out to them and just calmly talk through, you know, what was wrong or the, the problem and trying to find the solution. And am I making a smart decision here or am I being emotional? And I could peel back those layers using those people who were basically my lighthouses. I think we all have to have them. And if you have, and I, I would question people that don't. I mean, I'm sure there's people that don't. But, you know, if you if you can reach through your life, the people that are in it, and find them, then they're an incredibly powerful asset for you, particularly when you're starting to doubt yourself or you've lost a bit of your confidence.
1: A big part of that um, process, though, is the very first step is accepting that you're vulnerable because if you don't accept you're vulnerable, you're not going to reach out. You're going to say, fuck it I don't want to tell anyone what's going on. I can handle this myself. I'll sort it. I mean, how did you accept vulnerability? Was that something you had to accept or uh, that's actually normal for you?
0: No, it's not. Like I'm not used to being as raw and, um, and vulnerable, you know, back last year, ever before in my life. So uh, it was a whole new ball game for me, I suppose. I mean, you know, everybody has ups and downs, but there was just a lot of stuff going on for me at that point. And so I did lose my confidence and I did feel extremely vulnerable and it was a whole new, um, experience. Uh, and the people, like I said, that were close to me, I was able to reach out to and they were there that in, and I think you very quickly realize when stuff goes wrong, the, the, those people that are around you that are the real friends um, because they turn up immediately and they're always there. But also, um, you know, I think to my 12-week body transformation and all of the people that are inside of that program, the members are extraordinarily loyal and incredibly um, passionate about what we do. Like, my, they, they're my people. They all just came in. So I was very fortunate in that way but also at the same time it's a two-way street you've got to let people in as well and, and allow yeah. and be and own it you know that's well, that's the key they're you got to own it and then you can move own,
1: move through own, it own what though own the fact that you feel like shit you lost your confidence or own, yeah own the fact that you don't know the answer to the question?
0: yeah or that whatever the issue is like um you know if if, if you've fucked up in business you've made a big like okay here's a great example look at the government right now they needed to own it and finally they have when you own it then you now now you can move forward because people respect you people have empathy and compassion but it's not until you do that that it's you're you're kind of up against it and you're not even owning it to your own self so this is whether it's um, a personal issue whether it's a business issue whether it's a, a family issue uh, with your children you know I think when you can you know acknowledge that you maybe you effed up um that maybe that your behavior wasn't that great at that point um that maybe you know you you, you, you weren't listening and but now you are and, and I and now you're heard I'm listening to you now like those kinds of conversations I only just had one like literally on Friday as I was um driving down here on the phone with my with some of my staff about being heard you know there was an upset and I got on the phone to the different people that were involved and I said listen we we're not, in, we're not in school, we're mature people, let's own it, let's talk about it, let's get it on the table and then let's piss it off and move on. And that's exactly what we did. And now, you know, but if we'd swept it under the carpet, as so many of us do when it comes to even health, um, or weight loss or weight gain or you know, issues with our family or issues with our partner or issues at work you sweep it under the carpet guess what your carpet starts looking like this clean it out
1: do you let's say it's weight for example some people, and you know you know you were on that on that on, on the show where everyone was losing weight and it wasn't really about losing weight it was usually about something else is it about something else is it about the fact that I'm I'm not, but I'm I'm just making this up. I might be putting a whole lot of weight on. I can't seem to lose it. I can't get myself into routine. I can't, you know, I can't eat properly. I still eat shit all the time. Um, is that about them accepting something else about themselves, not the fact that they're overweight, but accepting something else is bothering them? Is How much of that is involved in your business environment your your customer
0: it's a little bit horses for courses i would say that there's the the majority of most people there is some kind of underlying issue whether they're lying to themselves or they're you know anesthetizing themselves through food or whatever um or they tell themselves they they talk themselves into the they they make a fairy tale into a truth. You know, I'm just not that sporty. I'm just not that person. I don't really enjoy sport. I uh, this is and then there'll be other people that go. You know, I know why I'm this level of fitness or this weight because I just eat too much and I don't like to exercise. Um, and the, and I accept that. Fair enough. I could still, I still would like to unpick that a little bit and sort of say, okay, I think you've just talked yourself into that for so long that you started to believe it as a truth. And it's actually BS. Um, so I've worked with plenty of people who've been, who've, you know, spoken like that to themselves for long enough that they start to believe it. And then we've unraveled it. And they've, you know, they haven't become uh, a superior athlete, but they've got themselves moving three or four times a week and they're eating a little bit better and they've dropped a few kilos and they feel bloody good about themselves and their mojo and confidence is back and they're like, Shit, I didn't think I could do that. And I was like, well, you can. So it is horses for courses. I, I mean, I've had plenty of people that I've worked with that have had extreme trauma in their childhood and, you know, potentially those strings are still pulling on them and causing all sorts of upset in their adult life. It, there's, it, it's it's very individual. Um but it's that's fascinating. I love that. That's the kind of stuff I love digging into because, like I always say, the twelve week body transformation is an empowerment program. It's and well, that sounds such that God, I can't even believe I said that. It sounds like such a wanker. No, but it's, so- <laughs> but it,
1: it's just a shit word. That's all.
0: It. But it's it, you know, the weight loss and the fitness is just a byproduct of yeah. of the work, and the work is you know finding yourself again god that sounds so wanky again but it is it's about it's that's just a byproduct of of you know regaining your your mojo and your confidence and your your self-worth you know people just become more worthy of themselves
1: what's interesting to me in those situations is those people are michelle bridges who reached out to her friends those people are people who have lost their confidence lost their mojo, lost their confidence have an outcome which that which is not all that pleasant, and they're reaching to Michelle Bridges or they're they they're reaching out to the twelve week body transformation program to actually give them to the help them uh, accept their vulnerability and restore their confidence and start to rebuild again. Yeah, that, but many
0: of them that's... don't realize that. Many of them just come because they want to lose some weight. They want to lose some weight. Maybe they want to get fitter, but they will You know, want to. And what they when they stay around for the twelve weeks, and in many instances, I mean, I spoke to a lady on Thursday on Zoom who's done twenty-one rounds of the twelve-week body transformation. Um, not everyone's done that many, but you know, when they stick around for a, one round and they do it fully, or they you know maybe do a couple of rounds, they go, "Oh, hang on a minute! I have learnt so much more about myself." And yeah, it's great. I've lost the weight, but I've I've def- I've found parts of me that were either dormant or that I didn't even know existed. Now that's cool.
1: And that was Michelle Bridges when she did the show. See, what you're telling me, what I find really interesting here is what you um, sell. Well, what what your services you provide to your customers, consumers, followers, audience, etc. Um. Is exactly what you experienced in relation to yourself. You didn't have to put lose weight or get physically fit, um, but you had to get yourself mentally fit, emotionally fit. You actually went through probably a, a twelve week, maybe a thirty six week. I don't know what you went through a period of transformation yourself by reaching out to your friends and admitting your vulnerabilities and getting in yourself in on a program of um, you know trying to change your life and like the Celebrity Apprentice to some extent. Is one of those things where you challenge yourself and you realize you know, i am good at this stuff i am really good at juggling all this stuff you said it right at the beginning of the f- the first part of the show um and i i realized how good you are uh, how good i am at uh juggling which is what you said and because you fucking are good at juggling that's your strength that's one of your strengths
0: yeah and, um, I, you I know that like you, you experience the same thing i know what my weaknesses are too it's important to know those um, but I definitely one of my strengths is juggling a lot of things, rallying the troops. I know I'm very good at that at getting people in and excited and pumped um, and believing in themselves. That, that's the stuff'm I'm, I'm quite good at and I actually really enjoy it. And I probably had to call on those things myself, really, if I'd be honest about it um, when I was having a shit time. Yeah.
1: yeah that, that's interesting. And do you think that people should? Because I once had this situation where um, – and you said something really important just there uh, – where I had someone who was very close to me and he was feeling not so good and going through a tough time in his life. And I said, okay, just come in, come into my office here. Let's, there's a whiteboard. And I said, I want you to write down on the left-hand side of the, the board all your strengths. I want you to write on the right-hand side of the board because I'm left-handed. I want you to write on the right-hand side of the board Um, or your weaknesses Um, and when you when when he looked at his strengths he felt sort of good all of a sudden I could just see him feeling good and it's important to understand your weaknesses that's really important but it's really important to give yourself a a pat on the back every now and then and um, give yourself an uppercut around your weaknesses but give yourself a pat on the back every now and then yeah
0: I definitely believe in that Mark I definitely believe in that you know, and being kind to yourself and giving, cutting yourself a little bit of slack, because we are, we tend to be tough on ourselves. We tend to be, you know, our own worst critic, and we pull ourselves down more than you know others. And I've even said to many of my moms, you know, would you, would you, um, how would you feel if you knew that your seven-year-old daughter. Internally, was saying you're useless, you know, fat cow. Like you don't deserve it. Like what? You know, what, what's you know? Of course, you, you know you're never gonna blah 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 blah. How would you feel if she was saying that to herself? So why are you? I guess it's we sometimes we have to look at someone else or or put, or put an example like that in front of people to bring it back because we yeah. just we never think of it we don't we would never want that for someone else we would definitely never want that for our own child
1: did any of your friends say that to you when you were losing your confidence and you were reaching out did anyone say listen stop carrying on you're good you're great um got to get back on the wagon
0: oh yeah definitely yeah all in fact you know i've got 3 really really people that will just say give it to me like that um two are married and one is uh, is my is another friend they they'll three of them know each other and know me and all, all three of them would say exactly the same one's a bit softer <laughs> the other two are
1: tougher <laughs> <laughs> i presume you say the same back to them yeah.
0: of course of course yeah. and, they, and it's all with love because they want to see the best for me and the, and i want to see the best for them and it's. I mean, this is probably going off topic completely, but you know, the the two that I'm talking about that are married. You know, I had a very straight conversation with them, and this was during COVID, uh, the first time, um, because my son Axel was, and who he's like, they're like his um, auntie and uncle, right? That's how close we are, and they they said, you know, we we've, we've noticed we want to talk to you about Axel. I said, okay. And I knew that he was having, he was mucking up. He was just going through this time when he was four. He just started really lashing out and speaking badly to me and whatever, fine, and all of this, right? And and then he started saying it to them. And then they heard their daughter saying it back to them. Just, she's copying because they're friends. These two are like that. And they said, we want to talk, we want to be, we want to have a straight conversation with you about Axel because he's, we don't like the way he speaks to you. We definitely don't like the way he has spoken to us. And we don't like the fact now that Charlotte is saying some of the stuff that he's saying. And, and this for me, like I think of this as a parent, like you go, it's hard.
1: Yeah. Shoulders forward, exactly.
0: Yeah. And, and, I, and I said, okay, yep, I, hear, I get it because I hear it too. And they said, you know what, Mish, we love you. We love Axel. And we want you're going to be in our life forever, so we need to work this out. We need to figure out a solution because you know we'll be really honest. We're very honest with me. Clearly, if you were someone that we didn't know, you were like a friend at school, a parent, we'd cut it. But you're not. You're basically family, so we got to figure this out. I mean, how cool! and raw and open and honest and transparent is that conversation. Because I, I could have gone, animals. you know what, screw you, he's my son, blah, 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 blah. And it would have just gone, oh.
1: and it didn't. And you wouldn't be probably sitting where you are now. I mean, you wouldn't have got through to that TV show. You probably Lots of things wouldn't have happened for you. I, I mean, I, and you would have- I, well, That's how tight we
0: are, you know, that we were able to unpack our shit and, uh, and open up ourselves and hold mm-hmm. ourselves um respectfully, in a very awkward and uncomfortable conversation and, and that takes guts because i it's so easy for your ego to just to go, well, fuck you he's that that I could that could have turned into a massive fight. could you imagine that conversation with parents and their kids?
1: yeah, I can imagine and it's funny you know like again, I mean I can see a uh, correlation between that though that point you were just making and that story you just gave me to people who are currently in the business environment. I've been saying for a while, look, it's one thing we're all shitty about what's going on, the government lockdowns and all all stuff. You know, like I get it. I get hundred percent get it. We're all shitty. We're, and we all try to find someone to blame. We all try to be reactive. At the end of the day, we've got to solve this shit ourselves. <laughs> we can't re- sit around and rely on anybody else to do it for us. And we have to be accountable and we have to accept what's going on and then uh, uh, rearrange our lives and play to our strengths and know what our weaknesses are, but play to our strengths to actually try and recover from what's going on. And uh, I think therein lies, you know, it lies a very good lesson for everybody, all of us business owners who are sort of you know, watching this show right now, but also thinking about how unfair things are. Because, you know, we can always try and blame. First, first of all, is we, get, we start blaming others. Then we start to think, oh, no, it's really unfair. This is, I, you know, it's real unfair on me. I don't like this then we go in a bit of a depression we sort of drop into a bit of a black hole then someone lucky enough like you we have other people then sometimes who will drag us out of and if even if someone doesn't drag us out we got to do it ourselves we must otherwise you're fucked
0: no one's coming in to save the day
1: no there's no white knight flying in the joint Oh, you know, I, I get people say, oh, Mark, can you run for Prime Minister? Serious? Like, I'm not going to solve. I can't run for Prime Minister. I mean, I don't want to run for Prime Minister. I can't, but I'm not going to. Even if I was, I can't fucking solve the problem. You know, like oh, don't, don't be silly. I, I just can't do that. It doesn't make sense. But, uh, but people do look for this um, type of situation. And I think you have to sit back and assess yourself. Whether you, it's with somebody else, it, it's much better and easier to do if someone else ha- helps you and you've got someone to talk it through. Um, and reach out. Be vulnerable. Accept your vulnerability, and because if you don't, you will never resolve the problem. I bet it, we, we're getting really deep here, but it is called straight talk. Um, let's go to the break. I want to come back. I want to talk about talk about WBT, and I want to talk about I want to talk about all the stu- about all the stuff you're doing. You know, like your your uh, clothing line, Big W, the whole thing. I want to talk about this because we talked about this back in 2018.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh my no. god, it's so exciting. I I, I I can't wait to talk about that stuff because that stuff is like. That's, that's my- That's the stuff. That's my stuff.
1: So let's go, the brain will come straight back. Being in business is fucking hard. And at the end of the day, all your time, effort, money, and sweat, blood, and tears, has got to amount to something. Since beginning of this year, when I held my first masterclass, I have been sitting down and writing out my playbook, which I'm now sharing with you. I've experienced some of the greatest business minds in this country. All of those experiences, Are in this playbook. Back from the break. I'm here with Michelle Bridges. Now we've had a we had a sort of pretty deep conversation about a whole series of stuff. But you know, she had a tough year. But you know, I I think it's fair to say she's not going to lay down very long, and uh, she's up and running harder than ever. I want to talk to you, Michelle, about 12WBT. Tell me today what is 12WBT. What's different about it today compared to say? When you first kicked it off, what, four or five years ago? No, no, no.
0: It's, it we're now in eleven year 11.
1: Whoa, 11 years. Ten years, you've, you've done ten-year anniversary. You get a long service leave for that. So, I mean, how much has it evolved? Because a lot of people who listen to the show start a business they think their start of a business is always going to be like that forever. Businesses evolve. They change. Oh, um, God, yeah.
0: Oh, well... <laughs> You know, I, there was this concept floating around in my head for a while about how I could train people online because I was doing The Biggest Loser and everybody in the whole country wanted me to train them and I'd been sort of emailing people and helping them out in a PT way by email, but that wasn't enough and that was certainly not what, what I wanted to kind of create, but I just couldn't get my head around how it would work and everyone was saying to me, what are you talking about? Personal training, it's personal training. How can you do it online? It's personal. It's personal. Um, and I was like, no, I'm, there's there's something here. Um, and I talked to uh, my business partners who weren't my business partners but were friends, and one of them was an IT guy. And I said, look, there's something in this for shizzle. There's something in this. Uh, anyway, they were like, nah, can't see it. And then about 18 months later, and I'd written my first book, Crunch Time, which is my baby, and, you know, that was my my Bible, that first book. I read it now even today and it's still... Uh, even though it's probably uh, twelve or thirteen years old, um it's still valid, it still has really valid points uh, in it. So that was based on a twelve week program, the book, so we just basically brought the book to life and the other the other part business partner was a um a personal trainer as well, and she'd owned business businesses, personal training businesses, and a gym, as had I personal training businesses and gyms, and we were like, wow, imagine if we could get like 500 to 1,000 people to do this. (laughs) And, And we were like, so we both put in money to kind of get it off the ground and literally... We wrote we, we like all good fitness people, you know. We just des- we thought of the concept at the pub one day. So, you know, like we sat down on a Sunday afternoon, going, "Okay, let's." There could be something here, and kind of mulling it over. And then Monday morning, we had the guy that lived next door who had his own video camera. We borrowed him. We went down the park, and she's written it on like big news, like print. Uh, card and I'm standing in the um, park and there's sirens going and dogs running in the background and I'm like hey I'm Michelle Bridges and how would you like me to train you and that was our first splash page (laughs) so we put it up and gathered um, people's email addresses while we you know finished off the back end and got it presentable and when I think about what it was like the actual program itself it was so basic it was so ABC basic but it worked and we were, do, I, we were doing everything out of my lounge room and I was the, I was the support crew I'm answering people's questions personally and they're like oh it's you and I'm like yeah hi so I was doing that off, off the dining room table and then it just went boom like Holy shit, boom, crazy. And I remember the first, well, the first, if I go back to the very first round of 12 WBT, the very first round, we were talking to people online, right? And then we were like, oh, well, at the end of the 12 weeks, maybe we should um, do like a, an award. We should do some awards. Well, then maybe we should like get together, bring everybody in and we'll do like an awards night. Okay, so then we, we sent that all out and we had people coming from all over the country and they were talking to each other online. So one lady from Canberra is going to hook up with another lady from Perth and they're going to share some accommodation and, and then that way they can afford to come. Um, and so people were talking to each other and, and building this little network. And then we said, well, if they're going to do that, we may as well do a workout, right? You know, and let's, let's do that. So then we said, well, we'll just go to the Domain in Sydney and we'll just go for a run and then we went oh well, we've got beginners intermediates and advanced all right so we'll do we'll bust them up into three groups so we'll have an advanced group an intermediate group and a beginner group and we'll put a trainer in charge of all three and then I'll run between the three and that'll be you know cool before the the evening event sweet so we turned up to the domain and i just stood there and went I, all, there was like i don't know maybe 300 people and which is very small but This was the first time I'd seen any of them. Like for real, everything had been online. And I was like, and they were all going, Michelle, Michelle, and I was like, and I totally lost my shit and burst into tears. so embarrassing and then I said okay punishment 10 That's push-ups cool. but it was the first time we it was tangible and so from that point then we started making every at the end of every round we would have a celebration well these celebrations turned into the biggest one We were the big one of the biggest ones we had we broke a Guinness World Record for the world's biggest circuit and that evening we had 2,000 people at an event and I had to have three security guards take care of me to get me through the crowd. They'd stick me in the green room and then they'd bring me out through the crowd and then they'd stick me back in there again because I just couldn't, I would get mobbed. I was like a rock star. It's
1: hilarious. And today, where is it today?
0: So we used to have four rounds a year and this was just like nuts, you know, these big rounds. They were costing us so much money. It was a massive expense and undertaking. Like we'd have 2000 people doing a workout. So we'd have to have sound, staging, lighting, microphones, sound crews, security. Um, And then we went to eight rounds a year and we were like, "Okay, we can't do eight parties a year. This is just nuts and it's just too expensive. So what we did was we started doing um, like a spring convention or a summer convention and we just do it like maybe twice a year. And then now we have and this only this project has only just been completed and it was a massive undertaking. We now have a round every month of the year. So we have 12 rounds a year. So we've gone from four to twelve, and that's because we've had to move with the times. You know, back in the day when I dreamed up this concept, I specifically said I want to open the doors, let everybody in, and then we close the doors for three months, and we do it together, and then we reopen three months later. Right? My my um, accountant said you're mad. That commercially, it makes no business sense whatsoever. You're effectively closing your doors from your customers. For for three months. And I said, yes, that's exactly what I want to do. He said, you're nuts. I said, I'm doing it. And what it did, this is 11 years ago. What it did was it made people want in, you know, they're like, let me in. So without, I didn't realize it was a, it was a good move at the time, but it really was. But now fast forward to Eleven years later, now we've had to shape shift it. We've got a million and one people doing online fitness programs. Every man in their Labrador has their own online fitness program. So now we have we've moved out of that space. It was genius at the time, but now in t- uh, 2021 we have a more on demand program. So you do it when you want. You, it's more flexible for you. It's more convenient for you. The first Monday of every month you can join around. And, and now what we've also done is we, we've got inside inside the mainframe of 12WBT, everybody thinks it's a weight loss program. No, it's not. We have 16 different programs inside it. So, you, yes, you can go in and your main thing is you want to lose some weight or you can come and do the lean and strong where you get – stronger or you're the fit and fast where you get fitter and faster or the learn to run program or the half marathon program or the pre and postnatal program or the blokes only program. There's 16 inside. Um, so it's a behemoth, Mark, when you get inside that.
1: I'm not surprised. And can I ask you this? How important has COVID, the whole lockdown thing been to? Because I was only talking to someone this morning about, actually about the, you know, the, the life of a gym from now on. It's going to be tough.
0: We still felt it during the first round of COVID because, you know, as with most families, when this purse strings are tight, the first things to go often, uh, unfortunately, because we know they shouldn't, uh, are the health things, like the gym memberships or the things that are deemed as like, we don't really need it. But I think what people realised very quickly, even though their purse strings were tight, is ex- exactly what they needed for their mental capacity and their mental health health when they're at home with their kids trying to homeschool. So we kind of took a little dip and then it came back. Um, and and now I think I feel like it's stronger than ever. And we're just very blessed and very fortunate to have 11 years behind us in concepts and in content. Can you imagine how many recipes and how many meal programs? Yeah. I mean, like it's... That well, no one's got it. That meant much. We've been doing it eleven years. We'd like the longest, both nationally and pretty much internationally as well. There was no one doing it particularly overseas. That's why we went to the states. Um, and, you know so I feel really, really blessed.. Um, We also changed um, part of the programming into a lifestyle program as well. So it's just giving people more of what they want, but without having to be in a formal 12 week program. So it's, we call it lifestyle. It's like, if you want to use another word, you could call it maintenance, where they can still tap into the exercises, they can tap into the recipe indexes. And we have special ones for these people, uh, you know, different to those in, in the 12 week rounds. Um, and they can dip in and out and they can p- make their own playlist and choose their own adventure kind of thing and and that sort of keeps them rolling along. and then every now and again they might dip back over here and do an actual 12 week just because they feel like they need a tune up. There's some people that just live and die by it. they just say it makes my life so easy. I know what I'm doing, I know what I'm doing for training, I know what I'm eating. I know I've got my recipes, I've got them planned for the week. I do my effective and efficient cooking on a Sunday so that sets me up for the rest of the week. I'm organized. It gets, puts people back in the driver's seat.
1: So it gives them structure. Yes. And, uh, the big thing we do is eat. Um, and uh, food is
0: our friend. We need to make already. friends with
1: it. But we got to, to do that. We've got to shop. We've got to cook. We've got to clean. We've got to prepare. We've got to think. We've got to think about it. Um, this is sort of taking the thought process about it and lets, allows them to concentrate on other things. I, I love that whole structure. That whole idea of structure,
0: but it still teaches oh, it know. still teaches them to get handy in the kitchen. That's what I love. Like, it actually, people go, "My yeah. God, I haven't." I actually don't really know how to cook, but now I actually feel like I can actually cook a few meals like straight off the bat because I've been practicing them. It get, it gets people back to a, a something that we've lost in our society in many instances where they, they don't, that they've got these beautiful kitchens in these homes and they're not getting used because everyone's doing Uber Eats or you know, takeouts,
1: And they've got these great bodies too. We've got this great functional body that can do a whole lot of stuff and a lot of people think, uh, I'd like to exercise, but I don't know how.
0: I don't know oh. where to get started and I don't want to do oh, yeah. it in a gym because I'm going to be embarrassed. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. We've got plenty of the lounge room stuff um, and plenty of stuff that you can do outdoors as well. And it's a, there's a real mixture of... If you don't like weights, fine. Don't do weights. Do this. I don't. You don't like cardio? That's okay. Do this instead. You like interval training? Great. We got you covered. Um, you know, it's taken me eleven years to build a library such as this, and it's it's extraordinary. And then, of course, inside of that, uh, our what we call our mindset lessons. So it's it's talking about all the different issues that crop up, whether it be. Uh, from motivation, that's a big one, whether it be injury, whether it be making a comeback, how to get started, uh, the blame game, um, all of these different self-sabotaging techniques, you know, all that sort of stuff that we've learned over, or I've learned over the years, and we kind of snapshot them into little video mindset lessons so you can click in and just watch one and go, yeah, okay, yeah, I didn't think about it like that, good. So it kind of just helps people along the way.
1: It's an amazing amount of content and uh, it takes a long time, hell of a long time to, to build that content, as you said. And it's sort of a bit of like a, a rolling stone. It just keeps gathering, gathering, gathering. One of the things that's really important at the front of all that, though, is um, the brand, which is Michelle Bridges is the brand. I mean, I know that your tour WVT has its own life, but Michelle Bridges sort of, in my view anyway, sits at the front of it. Um, you know, how, how do you feel as though you keep yourself relevant? Because it's hard to keep relevant over a 11-year period. That's not an easy thing.
0: Oh, no, 100%. I completely agree with you. Um, And you've got to stay front of mind and you've got to keep, you know, looking at ways in which you can, you know, be a part of this magazine who wants to talk about, you know, the five ways to stay healthy during covid you know you want to be that person that that gets that gig or you go on a show called celebrity apprentice where you remind people of who you are and what you stand for and what you do and they're like oh yeah that girl that's right or um you you could need to stay top of mind um social media is great for that because you can dip in and out of it um so pr is important um, the MB banner sits here, and then underneath the MB banner is like the 12-week body transformation, MB active clothing, MB active fitness gear, MB active kitchenware, then books, then public speaking. They all kind of sit underneath the MB banner. Um, and look, I think it's yes, it's important to stay relevant, but it's also equally important to to stay yourself too. Because otherwise, you know, if you try yeah, to start grounded. changing yourself and who you are and then you become completely inauthentic.
1: And, you know, you have evolved naturally. Uh, can you just – by you just mentioned active where haven't you launched – you've launched something recently.
0: Okay, so – Ten years ago, Mark, I did. I left. I humbly left. Um, I was a Nike ambassador and then I was an Adidas ambassador. And I loved it and humbly you know, left, but just it was great, but it just didn't stand for who I was. Um, these were big companies, like amazing global companies, and I was wearing incredible gear, but like $120 pair of tights. So I decided that wasn't speaking to me personally and what I was trying to achieve by... Getting Australia moving, so I had to. So I stood by my philosophy of, you know, the middle Australia and more mums and dads, and you know, a mum with three kids and a mortgage can't afford one hundred and twenty dollars for a pair of tights. So I left Adidas and I pitched a concept to Big W, which was what MB Active is now. And people were saying, "Are you you're leaving Adidas and you're going to go to Big W?" And I'm like, "Yes, that's exactly what I'm going to do." because I knew we could do it. I knew we could make technical um, fitness wear at a reasonable and affordable price. But I said to them when I did the pitch, I'm really adamant about this, I wanna go to size 26. Because every company I've ever worked with, every fitness clothing label there is in the world finishes at fourteen or sixteen. So we broke f- absolute major ground when we went ahead when they agreed to it, and we did up to size twenty-six in the fitness clothing range. And that was now that's been going now. For, it'll be ten years next year. We we did a children's wear range a few years back, and we've just relaunched that uh, children's wear range. This year, called Mini Me, um, and that's uh, you yeah, so, know it's just so much fun. It's mums and daughters that can wear similar outfits, and we're doing more unisex clothing now as well. So it's been around for um, nearly ten or well, ten years. Next year, we've been doing it. We, we were the first to do plus size fitness clothing, and it was so exciting when we did it. So just in sort of summary, um,
1: what I've just get from Michelle Bridges is now is that. Um, you know, for 11 years, you've been building this massive wad of content about pretty much covering off what everybody, what anybody may want to use to participate in any form of fitness for whatever the reason is. It could be weight loss, whatever the cat happens to be. Um, and on top of that, you've got a whole series of products that um, help them attain those things. And then you also got a whole lot of qualitative stuff that sits behind there too as to why you might want to attain those things, you know, and the sort of things that might confront you during the process, you know, like emotionally and mentally. I've
0: done, my last book was number 17. So there's books that sit alongside that as well. And inside of them there'll be all of those three main fundamental topics, which is exercise, nutrition and mindset. Uh, and, And they kind of all, it all sort of, Fits together. I mean, it's really just. It wasn't like I was set out to do this right from the start. It definitely just evolved organically. But everything makes sense. Like it's what I do. Like I'm not going to go out and start selling bed sheets. You know, that doesn't make any any sense. Everything that's inside of what I do is authentic. It's real. It's it's me. I'm out of
1: time, but I, I just want to say this to you. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. You don't need it's all right. You can, I, 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 We're I friends, Mark. That. You
0: can say it any which yeah. way you like.
1: <laughs> I want to say it uh, you. have dealt with all your various confrontations and things that have come into your life that are tough to deal with um, unbelievably. Um, and the thing that I get out of this conversation as opposed to when we did our last podcast is what seems to be in your business in terms of its content, if I was best the best way to describe your huge amount of content and huge amount of products is an honesty. And um, um 12 WBT and all the stuff that you've got in there is just honest. It's real. Probably real is a good better word. It's honest. And I think the Michelle Bridges brand, persona, is real and honest. And this whole conversation today is, especially the first part, was real and honest.
0: Like I just feel sometimes like I love my industry. I've all oh, I mean, I started teaching classes when I was fourteen. Um, I love my industry, I love what I do, and I love watching people come through the ranks and I love watching new ideas and all the different you know things that have happened across the the decades um, in the industry. I do sometimes get a little bit disheartened when I, I feel like sometimes it's an industry that people gravitate to to try and get famous, or you know, it's almost like it, it's almost like it's um, a disservice to the industry and most importantly to the people that are looking for help and support. But I guess that's the world we live in. Hey, Mark, like the, we're in this world of Instagram and social media, and you know it's a great way to kind of use a platform. Maybe like fitness, and, and like I don't get me wrong, I love watching the new development and the new growth and the new young players that are coming through. It's fantastic, but I, I sometimes get a little bit sad that my industry gets used for TNA. <laughs> If I want to put it bluntly, um, and, and a platform to maybe you know get famous, like you know I, I'm a fit the health the world of health and fitness to me is that it's real, and particularly when it comes to what you know helping people and supporting people and you know including people, not excluding people. That's I guess what I'm trying to say.
1: Well, I want to actually want to thank you. You sort of um, lit up my day, to be frank with you. And Michelle Bridges. I, Real honest, um, and the, I, I guess the word, and this is what, by the way, you talk about Instagram, this is what all the social mediums will tell you that you should be doing <laughs> authentic, authentic. And, uh, if nothing else, what I've got from today is a, a good reminder of, as I said, your honesty, but your authenticity. So, and, uh, you look every minute of authentic. I mean, you look really well, by the way, but you look you look at you're coming across that way and uh,
0: it's taken I guess a bit that of I work come 10 years i've really had to do a little bit of work to sort of you know um, totally to get to get to a place where you know it's not it it's life dude i mean we're all going through yeah, it right now we're all going through it that's why we've got to i like I personally feel like we need to just reach out as much as possible and connect. You know, even doing something like this is really nice. Um, even though we're not personally in the same room together, it's so easy to go. Oh, well, the grass is always greener. It's not. <laughs> it's yeah. not. Um, we all we all have trials and tribulations, and you know, I guess when you can get to a place where you can. And you not, you know, I'm no, I don't know if I'm quite there yet. But if you can get to a place where you can actually be grateful for what's happened and thankful for it, then that's that's a pretty good spot to be in. At the
1: end of the day, we keep hearing all our politicians, everyone saying to us, "You got to hang in there." You know, just hang in there. Well, here's the person who's hung in there, and this is what you get once you've hung in there. It doesn't necessarily mean you're super rich or you're super famous, but Michelle just said it, um, you actually understand the whole concept of gratefulness and, and that's that's the deal. Hang in there and you'll be grateful at the end of the day for doing it. So thanks very much, Michelle. You've inspired lots of people who are listening to this. Um, I love talking to you. Good luck with you and Axel and keep killing it, okay?
0: Thank you so much, Marcus. So nice to chat. I hope to see you in person soon at some point.
1: Betcha. You betcha. Thanks for listening to another episode of Straight Talk with Mark Boris. Audio and production is by Jessica Smalley. Production assistant Jonathan Leondis. This is a mentored podcast.